Hi, this is John Doe. I'm back again, guys, for another commentary. Today, I'm checking out the Exorcist 3 Legion Cuts. So it's the UK Blu-ray Arrow Region 2 version I'm checking out here, which was uh, put together via Shout Factory in association with Mark Kermode. And this was all based off Blatty's original script. So... Very much we are checking out the faithful, true, original version that he was trying to achieve before the studio stepped in. We'll get to that throughout. Um, so I've got the film on pause, guys. Uh, Timestamp set to zero. On pause, put your subtitles on as well. There's a small, short, brief uh, text intro version just uh, spelling out the fact that this is the alternative version to The Exorcist 3 Legion. So we'll just have to sit through that. So give you a countdown in five and we'll sync up. So in five, four, three, two, one, hit play. So the, yeah, the message is just appearing here. We are proud to present this brand new alternate version of Exorcist 3. Yeah, I prefer this version. Just a note, I've momentarily, briefly, moments ago, I've just literally finished watching the theatrical cut of The Exorcist 3, so... I'll be able to chime in throughout, mainly towards the end, regarding the differences between the theatrical cut and the Legion cut. Yeah, they're quite stark, I've got to say. So, Morgan Creek. Uh, this is a completely different opening. So, it's all shot in black and white. We've got the iconic steps. I love the smoke. It's almost like it's a reverse footage shot. Yeah, so this is... Yeah, much better opening, i got to say. It just works better in black and white. I think that was Blatty's original idea for the film to start in black and white and then burst into colour. Ah, oh, the sound's wonderful, man. Ominous, eerie, George C. Scott credits just appeared. And we're inside the church. Iconic church. Statues everywhere. Nice. I love that back shot of the crucifix, giant crucifix. Ah, so effective, man. Editing. It's the use of sound. And statues have never seemed so ominous, man. Wow, the front door's open. Oh, gee, JC's just opened his eyes. Ah, a sea of paper. That's fabulous, man. So William Peter Blatty's Legion. I love this POV shot. You just see it some guy running in the distance. Is it a priest? Ah, oh, inside the mind of the... Uh, Gemini Killer. So Brad Jureff credits just appeared. And it's cool to think that he has a more prominent role in this version. Um, yeah. Oh, so... What is going on here? Father Morning's just got a... I'm already confused, guys. Just a pol- um, I kind of... Just... Yeah, I've just come off watching the theatrical version. So I'm like, Father Morning... 
Is he in this ver- Oh, well, let me just sit through this version. Yeah, the theatrical version scrambled my mind. Um, yeah, this whole aspect with the Father Morning character, he's got a, a fairly prominent role in the theatrical cut. It gets ridiculous towards... There's a slight big exorcism sequence at the studio, or adamant that they needed. Blatty was against it, but... A dream of a rose. Nice. With the narration. So let's have a look here. Who's falling down these steps? I think it cuts to it. Or if it's in a second. We get to see the individual. Yes, yeah, a little bit later on. So shot of Georgetown. 1990. And we transitioned into colour. Yeah, for me that's a way better opening there. Yeah, just after the film start in black and white. Yeah, in the theatrical cut, um, George C. Scott has already been seen in that opening. So, yeah, it is what it is, you know. What's this apocalypse now? Fucking helicopters choppering in. Haha, <laughs> very nice images. So I think this is, uh, is this Father Dyer? Ed Flanders' voice, maybe? Yeah, this is Father Dyer. From what I can tell, I think it's a different actor playing Dyer here. I mean, um... Is it Lee J. Cobb obviously passed away, so they couldn't cast him again as uh, Kinderman, but obviously George C. Scott is a pretty good replacement, I've got to say. So, no issues there. And there's George C. Scott. So, it's also a crime scene, isn't it? Oh, that's the mother. So, we're assuming it's that black kid who we briefly saw, the black boy holding the uh, rose. Hard to tell if it was a red rose. It was being shot in black and white, but that's not a problem in my eyes, you know. Rajneesh. So it's a wonderful um, transfer, isn't it? Watching this on Blu-ray. Yeah, the colours don't half pop out, you know. Yeah, it looks wonderful, this version of uh, Legion. Yes, an iconic fall. <laughs> Get the impression Father Dyer's not uh, interested in a conversation today. Oh, here we go. So let's have a look. So this guy, I think they were able to superimpose. Uh, let me have a look. It's hard to tell, to be honest. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's obviously, um, Father Karras in it, but. Hep, hep, hep. Carry the boat, lads. So this is, uh, Prospect Street, I'm guessing. Yeah, 
And we're assuming Dyer's about to look up at the... Uh... Oh, he's looking down the steps. Nice use of sound. And the newspaper. Yeah, that's quite effective, you know. See, it's little simple things that uh, build a mood and atmosphere, you know. So Dyer and uh, this guy, father so and so, <laughs> so that's a continuation. Obviously, there's this friendship between Dyer and Kinderman. And it all centers around their shared appreciation of like movies, you know. It's the anniversary, I'm guessing. So this is additional footage. Oh, wow, that shot cut off quickly. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming if you are syncing up with me, you've sat through this version of Legion. There are some uh archival shots throughout but I like it man it's more faithful to Blatty's original vision so I ain't got a problem with it yeah I gotta say I much prefer this version it's um exercising more restraint and uh greater degrees of like moderation yeah it's um it just flows better as a Horror movie, you know? Yeah, the problem with the theatrical cut, it's so fucking overblown once you get to the uh, third and final act. The shooed-in fucking exorcism sequence that the studio are adamant they needed, you know? Yeah, and also the studio don't have interfere with the over-emphasis on having uh, Karis back in the picture. It's very fucking confusing because um, they're sort of like intercutting Jason Miller with like Brad Jurif. Uh, it's, uh, it's all over the fucking place, man. Yeah, just to give you a note, I have written down the um, cast and credits list from the theatrical cut. So, Brad Jurif in the theatrical version is referred to as the Gemini Killer. You've got Jason Miller playing Patient X. And then obviously you've got this Father Morning character. It's like a shoot-in fucking chopper the priest in at the 11th, 11th hour, you know. Um, and now I'll see the credits for this Legion cut. I'll go for it. You've got George C. Scott as Kinderman, Ed Flanders as Father Dyer. So in this version, Brad Juris referred to as Father Karis. And then I won't go through the rest because they also mirror the theatrical cut. Um... Pocahontas of a hair. Ha uh, so here's the meet up at the cinema. 
Yeah, they both, the pair of them have got like a wonderful look, you know? Aging male figures. Ah, it just works, man. It gives the film history and weight, you know? Aging actors, you know? Both got white, whitish hair. I like it, man. So George C. Scott's an absolute fucking beast, isn't he? This is really surreal, me sitting through this film immediately after watching the uh, theatrical cut. I'm trying to ascertain where the changes are. I don't think there are so many changes early on. I know the opening's completely different, but I think it's when you get to the third and final act where you've got two completely different movies functioning, you know? Ain't got time to rest. Cap. Oh yeah, she's um you can't use the bathtub right now. So she's storing tasty fishies in the fucking bathtub. And it it's very off putting, you know? Kinderman. Can't deal with it. Festering in his fucking bathtub. <laughs> it's a quirky uh, dialogue sequence, but it's it's functioning in a good way, though, because it's um, it's just emphasising and developing character, you know. And this is Kinderman all over, quirky sensibilities, you know. He's a little bit of an oddball, but he's a likeable oddball, you know? <laughs> so immediately here in this version, they're going to... Um, so there's a cameo there, talk show host. Yeah, here we go, look. So this is Brad Jurif in this photograph, supposedly now playing the character of Karis. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't have to prefer this version because it just becomes very confusing in the theatrical cut when you're intercutting Jason Miller with uh, Brad Jury. I don't know if they did that more so in regards to making it easier for the audience to ascertain, oh, it's Karras' Car- back, supposedly. It's a legion thing, isn't it? Many, many uh, elements, individuals within this one host or many hosts. So there it's referenced again, the photograph. And then I'll see Brad Jurif in the theatrical cut, very much playing the character of the Gemini killer in it I think in this version of Legion it's less spelled out it's really just Brad Jurif potentially playing many aspects you know yeah Karis yeah the Gemini killer but selling it more from his one performance I 
I think that's Blatty's way of just trusting you. I mean, that's arguably how what his original text was getting at, you know? It's like the audience, they don't need everything fucking spelled out for them, you know? Many ways to interpret this version of uh, Exorcist 3 Legion. So this is a nice dialogue sequence. Very much a friendship, these two, you know, close. And the element that brought them close together, obviously the pair of them both got a relationship with uh, Father Karras, so it's really a continuation of this spirit, isn't it? So this killer, the Gemini killer, apparently he's been dead, deceased for the last 15 years. So you're like, has he come back? How's that possible? So, okay, I was just about to say, they dubbed in extra dialogue here. Her voice sounded a little bit strange. Yeah, so just referring back to this Gemini killer that's back after a 15-year hiatus. Um, how has he come back? Uh, has he been brought back into play by some, like, demonic spirit? Ooh, many questions, you know. It's a cool angle. I really enjoy it because you've got a kind of, like ongoing serial killer aspect sprinkled in with the sort of possession element. I think it works very, very well. So this is an icon. I don't know I mean. So in the theatrical cut, you very much hear a woman's voice. Yeah, okay, it's the same. A scrupulous conscience, old dear. So, he's just listening to some old dear's confession. Nothing untoward right now. It's the moment he starts making eye contact with her where it starts going horribly wrong. Yeah, it's a beautiful performance here by this priest actor. Um... Very effective, because you're having to sell everything on his reaction. And his reaction is fucking terrifying. Look, look, look. As he lowers his hand, and he looks over. Look. I love it how it's just a voice. You can't see her face. <laughs> yeah, look at his reaction, man. That's ah, it's really, really creepy, man. And then she's leaving, supposedly. Is that the culprit? Is there two of them? Very effective, man. The, t- the twins, two girl and a boy, and then they're just the blood spilling into shot. And now we got a crime scene. Man, you got to love uh, Blackie's staging. It's so fucking... And it's the editing and the use of sound, man. It's very, very effective, you know? What I like about it, it's fairly understated, you know? 
it's not what I would refer to as like overblown horror, which we see a lot of nowadays. Yeah, this this is a proper horror movie in my eyes. Understated precision filmmaking, you know? Cut from the same cloth as like something like Halloween, like Carpenter's original Halloween. Very precise with its um staging and general use of sound, you know? It's a hard skill set to pull off, but you certainly know it when you see it, man. With a lot of the, like, top-tier horror movies, you know? So, I love George C. Scott. So, The Finger. Ah, it's an element, isn't it? It removes the middle. The middle digit, the middle finger. That's a classic serial killer thing, isn't it? Every time I kill a victim, there's got to be one defining element, something that stands out so they can uh, just add that to my um, crazed killing playlist. Crazy things I like to do that define me as a serial killer. God, aren't you scary? I mean, it's easy for me to laugh here right now watching a fictional horror movie, but I guess if that plays out in real real life, I guess it is kind of creepy, isn't it, you know? So again, great use of sound. What is it with these newspapers? Clippings flying into shot in a couple of these shots. Very effective, I've got to say. Oh, so this is the confessional booth, and we got the random sound of scrapings. Creepy, man. It's not what you think it is, because Kinderman is currently, I don't know, is he dissecting the uh, crime scene? So he's checking it. Proper detective, any sort of cut from the same cloth as like Columbo, sort of going it alone, you know. Yeah, I much prefer it with my uh, like detectives like fly solo, you know. Is uh, in yes, an injection, which. I think it what it does um, momentarily freezes the subjects, and then I'll see the fucking lunatic killer can have it. <laughs> he or she's wicked away with the victim, you know. Obviously, they're not able to scream out loud. That's the whole purpose, and also to let them fully suffer. Yeah, he was still fairly conscious, so it's just. It's all kinds of sickness, isn't it, you know? So, as it stands, this is fairly close to the theatrical cut right now, as it's playing out. So, Dyer... So Dyer ain't got long to live, guys. Breaking news. Spoiler alert. I'm assuming you've already seen the film. 
Yeah, so they're doing some tests, but Dyer's very dismissive. Oh, it's fine. He's not really letting on the fact that it could potentially be something serious, but... Ha <laughs> these two are wonderful right now. So coughing, coughing fits. Is he a heavy smoker? Could it potentially be cancer? You're not entirely sure, you know? It don't really matter, the Gemini killer's about to fucking take him out anyway. He's doing him a fucking favour. So what is it with, um... I got a point... What is it with George C. Scott and his need to, like, shout-out fucking dialogue? Because if you're comparing his um, portrayal of Kinderman versus... uh, Jace, uh, oh fuck, I forgot his name, Cobb, the guy who originally played Kinderman in the original Exorcist. Um, yeah, his performance is um, way more understated. There's no, like, fucking shouting for us. I don't know if this, is this just a George C. Scott technique in regards to his acting? He likes to shout dialogue. I have no idea, you know? Because he gets a little bit shouty-shouty in the changeling, doesn't he, George C. Scott? So I'm assuming this is just uh, an acting technique he likes to deploy, which is fine, you know? Oh, it's Lee Jacob is the actor from the original Exorcist, yeah. Yeah, there's no shouting from him throughout uh, Freakin's version, so... I guess Scott's just, this is how I interpret the character, or this is how I like to act in general, you know? Ha ha ha. So it's classic black E staging, isn't it? All in the text, all in the dialogue, you know? Yeah, he writes wonderful dialogue, doesn't he, William Peter Blatty? And also, he's a damn good filmmaker, you know? If you're questioning uh, his capacity in regards to, like, staging horror set pieces, um, ah, the guy can more than pull it off, man, you know? Wow. Wouldn't you just turn to the right and realise the statue's at its fucking head decapitated? Kind of weird, isn't it? It's one of those, uh, like, surrealist moments, though. Is it really there? Is it really to his right, you know? Okay, so it was a precision kill. So no evidence left over. Kind of strange, isn't it? Oh, shit. What is it? But they've got no fingerprints. Some fucking... uh, Not mind manipulation, but... I don't know. Telekinesis at play. You know?
kind of points towards possession. Not that Kinderman is suspecting that right now, you know. So two different people. So immediately establishing this element. I mean, it's in the title, isn't it? Legion. What's the saying? For we are many, you know. So here we go. Um, Iconic dream sequence incoming. Um, Yeah, we're going to transition towards the... Well, it's it's like the waiting room, isn't it? Um, Train station sequence? Limbo state, isn't it? And a lot of like key figures about to be revealed here. Great use of the doors opening with the shafts of light. Kind of like this interior cathedral. But it's a waiting space, isn't it? As I said, it's uh, it's a limbo state. Anybody recently deceased who's obviously transitioning over, if you believe in any of this, uh, heaven and hell malarkey, you know. Yeah, symbolism's wonderful, yeah. It's a pure, like, surrealist sequence, isn't it? So here's the waiting room, sea of people. And Kinderman kind of walking through. It's kind of weird, isn't it, you know? So you got a question why you seeing this right now. So there's a wonderful cameo here from uh, Samuel L. Jackson to the left. I love the midgets carrying the clock. So this is the boy that's killed at the start, isn't it? So Thomas, yeah. So what is this place, Thomas? Do let on. So at the Limbo Station, they like to play music. Uh, we've got some tarot cards. Tarot cards. Yeah, this is cool, man. So supposedly that's some famous sports star wearing like angel wings. And here's old Father Dyer. So Father Dyer's just crossed over, hasn't he? Yeah, cool. Cool sequence, man. We're going to get some sped up shots here. And then we cut to Dyer. He's obviously getting fucking smashed up on his uh, hospital bed, isn't he? Question is, by who? Who was it? So it seems to be pointing towards this... um, Hospital wing mental asylum. It seems to be everything seems to be unfolding within this space, you know. So Dyer's dead. Fuck me, man. I kind of like the fact that we never get to see the body. I just think it's such an obvious choice, isn't it? You, um, you don't need to show it. You can sell it all off one actor's reaction. And we're going to get it here from uh, George C. Scott. Yeah, this is the way to do it, man. 
and it gives the audience a room to like just kind of like speculate imagine oh what is he currently looking at you know yeah it's just way more effective you know understated that's the way you do it man with uh, horror it's got to be understated where possible you know that's not to say you shouldn't be overblown or full on but it really depends on the moment the sequence how the events are unfolding you know So it's pretty rampant right now, assuming that it is the Gemini killer back, back in action, you know. Ah, that's a cool reaction from George C. Scott. Yeah, he's selling it brilliantly, also getting a little bit teary-eyed. I mean, he's got a history with this guy, you know. Oh, faith, faith is being questioned right now. Yeah, nice. Now it's just raining outside. Kind of symbolic. So he's, apparently that's all of his blood. His entire blood supply. It's not the type of thing any like mere mortal could uh, pull off, you know. Not a single drop spilt either. Fuck it now, man. Precision. Yeah, so not a lot of changes right now between this and the theatrical cut. As I said, guys, the two are going to take completely different routes. Uh, Pretty much, it's the final third act. Um... I know by now, potentially. Um, I mean, I've just sat through the theatrical cut. They start introducing this father mourning character. So it's a wonderful life written in blood. Yeah, this father mourning character that you get to see in the theatrical cut. It's just shooed in the fact that they need this, like, random exorcist to step in for this random exorcism sequence. It just comes from nowhere, man. It's just not fucking needed, you know? But I think the studio are panicking. They're like, well, in some ways, we need to, I don't know, either pay homage to the original Friedkin exorcist version... Or in some weird way, they just felt a need to, like, link the two, you know? I think that's just, uh, I don't know, it's a natural reaction. Sometimes studios get a little bit nervous, you know? They feel like the audience, either they're not going to know what's going on, or they need, like, some big finale, some big set piece, big action horror set piece, you know? So this is interesting. This nurse to the right, she was clearly seen uh, stepping out of that church post the demise of the priest guy. He was sat in the uh, confessional booth listening to that 
Oh, there's fucking Sale. So she's the other woman. Mrs. Clelia. So why is George C. Scott shouting out dialogue again? I don't understand this, man. Doesn't really fit in with uh, Kinderman's sort of general... personality or persona just the way he carries himself you know he's not it doesn't seem like a shouty type you know i mean this is me just going off lee j cobb you know he seemed a lot more composed so yeah i don't know man this must be just a george c scott thing you know this guy's amazing he just he flashes this fucking nurse fucking comical isn't it so this is the wing for the fucking crazies, isn't it? You know? So here we have um, Scott Wilson playing the character Dr. Temple. No, love. I'm about the same fucking age as you. Do I really look like your fucking son? No, love. I tower over you. It's the crackling sound of some demonic voice there. Hmm. Yeah, you feel like the demon is lurking within this space. So this is Mrs. Clelia. So you're starting to suspect um, are the inmates it seems to be all of these like old dears are they potentially being possessed by someone or something you know oh you liar <laughs> Oh, are you hearing voices, love? Telling you to uh, conduct unsavory things, potentially. Not that I believe in demons and spirits, but I guess there's this argument to say that maybe, like, Older, frail individuals would be easier to possess, potentially. I mean, they're two stops away from, like, death's doorstep. Are they going to be more receptive to the ramblings of some demon, you know? Yeah, to me, it seems a little bit more believable, doesn't it, you know? Clearly, she's a little bit senile as well. So, Scott Wilson's selling this character. It's all in the way he holds his cigarette. I like it, man. A little bit of method acting, you know? Oh, shit. So, he's taking him down to the lower wing, isn't he? So, we're about to see one of the stark contrasts here between the theatrical cut and the legion cut yeah it's 
basically it's who Kinderman initially sees when he looks in the cell. Because in the theatrical cut, he sees um, Jason Miller, who obviously was the actor who originally played Karras in Freakin's version. But in the Legion cut, we're going to see somebody completely different. So you can hear the voice, Bill. I think I've got it right. Yeah, so it's... Well, you can hardly tell, because this is obviously additional footage, in it? But... Yeah, we're about to pan right here. I'm pretty sure this is Brad Jurif. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. So this is the original footage that Blatty shot with uh, Brad Jurif. Um Yeah, apparently I was shooting for a couple of weeks. This entire performance. So it's a slow reveal as we slowly pan upwards. He's sort of concealed in the shadows at the moment. Okay, cool. I like it. So is he getting grilled the fact you can't be asking questions, you know? Well, it's technically a crime scene, isn't it? You know? It's in Syria. So is this guy some... Is he some, like, medical professional in charge of this entire building? I have no idea, man. What's this, a fucking shouting match, lads? Fucking George C. Scott will be in his element here. Well, they say... So the Gemini killer apparently has been dead for 15 years. Looks like he's fucking back, guys. M.O.? Modus operandi. Yeah. So that was this uh, killing trait technique. His way of standing out, you know. It's a classic serial killer technique, isn't it? It's like crime scene. What can I leave in regards... Oh, George C. Scott shouting. Yeah, serial killer. I need to leave something because I know, like, this will get published in the media. They'll be talking about it on the news, on the radio. So I need to leave something that's going to make me stand out. It's a serial killer's warped perspective. I need to filter into, like, public consciousness. I need to keep everyone on edge, you know? Okay, so slightly different. It's 
So what I see changing it up, slight variations here. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Copy, well, not really copycat killers, but people crazies looking to impersonate this guy. He's clearly, as you get with a lot of the famous serial killers, they end up being celebrate, celebrated and uh, revered, don't they? You know. All right, George C. Look, he's shouting again. So where is this fucking aggression coming from, man? It's like George C. Scott. Oh yeah, I saw Lee J. Cobb's performance, but I'm just going to do something completely different. This is my interpretation of the character. Or is his angle like, years and years of work has worn me down, now I'm this bittersweet soul, so I'm going to shout my way through life in order to get the job done? Kevin. So again, that's a new shot. Yeah, it's different. In the theatrical, that's cut into Jason Miller. So immediately in this version, Legion cut, we are getting Brad Dourif. Um Yeah, it's very much the stark difference between the two versions, you know. Oh, look at these fucking severing shears, man. Take your fucking head off and a statue's head, if needed. Look at them, man. Yeah, it would take a considerable amount of strength to pry him. Yeah, look. Whoa, severed. Is that a lead, a clue? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, good fucking question, man. Look at some of these exterior shots at night. It's fucking wonderful, man. So this is another memorable sequence. Um, yeah, again, it's just wonder. A lot of like, like static camera shots, single cuts. I really appreciate it, man. You know. You don't always need to be moving the camera about. You can do a lot with just, like, simple edits, you know? Achieves a similar kind of goal in regards to, like, momentum and movement, you know? And I think, as well, you can be a little bit more precise in regards to... What is it? What are you trying to show the audience? Sometimes you can achieve it a lot better in just like a single cut because you emphasize it more, you know. So Kinderman's starting to look off here. So this other priest is like, is there any link? So you can hear. Somebody like a a laughing voice, creaking door, the sounds of whisperings in the distance, and again this element of paper. 
a breeze, isn't it? Yeah, it's just something off. I love it how Kinderman's just like wandering off. He's being lured out here deliberately. By some unholy presence. Yeah, the use of sound is fantastic, man. I love the fact that there's no music currently being used in any of these shots. It just works more effectively. Yeah, you just really feel like you're within the space itself, you know? So we're going to get this amazing shot of this... Uh, it's like a Joker statue figurine with the knife, man, and the red book. Man, that's so fucking creepy. Yeah, where are these voices coming from, man? Fuck me. I'm surprised Kinderman's walking off like this. I'd be on fucking edge right now. Cool. A nice little scare. I didn't feel cheap, you know. It effectively built up to that, like, sound crescendo. The woman comes up behind him, you know. Yeah, very, very effective, man. It's a slow burn. It's a slow build, you know. So he's not really suspecting anything. Fair enough. I don't know if that's me. I'd be like, did you just hear those fucking weird whispering sounds, you know? So, yeah. And where was it coming from, you know? Uh, that's sometimes a thing in, like, horror movies. Uh a character will see something, but they won't immediately address it, you know? It's kind of odd. You must see, you know, you got to say. <laughs> uh, Kinderman knows that, doesn't he? So I'm just... Because if I recall... Father Morning got a credit in this Legion Cup, but he's nowhere to be seen, right? I'm just going off... Obviously, I've just watched the theatrical cut, and he's got a more prominent role in that version. Um, I really can't remember if he appears in this cut or not in any way, you know? So matching up the prints. Yeah. Okay, so back with this old dear. Further questions, I guess. Clearly she knows something. So that nurse with the red... I don't know, blazer top on her. Yeah, she gets uh, everyone seeing the sequence. It's called the Nurse Station sequence. It's one of the most like iconic moments in horror. Yeah, we got that coming in 
probably within the next 30 minutes. Oh, it's a beautiful sequence, man. Just the way it builds, you know. She's got no recollection. Clearly, it's um, at some point she was possessed. Now, is she possessed by the Gemini killer under the influence of some demon? That is the question, you know. That's why I like the title, Legion, for we are many. As you say, in this film, you've got many... There's probably, like, one evil element um, instigating all of this, but then there are these multiple sub-elements, multiple characters that are uh, acting out these fucking murders. So, fuck me, Scott Wilson, Dr. Temple... He's practicing his speech. Now, though, is he starting to blame himself? Is his conscience kicking in? Did he unleash something, someone, you know? And he didn't probably let on. Did he just let it play out? I mean, he's obviously isolated this individual in the lower wing. Yeah, something to this uh, Dr. Temple character. Yeah, he's concealing important evidence here. You can see it in his performance, man. As I said, Scott Wilson is really selling this character in regards to how he's holding this cigarette in his left hand. I like it, man. It just... He's he got a fucking smoking problem. Uh, character just constantly feels nervous on and on edge. I like it, man. Yeah, you got two heavyweights here in this sequence, ain't you? You know. So one goes out, and he's immediately lighting another. Doc. So something bothering you, mate. You seem on edge. So this is his fucking speech. Interesting, isn't it? So is it just some initially some random guy that the um Yeah, the Gemini killer locked on soon, it's taken him fifteen years to fully Yeah come back into play. I yeah, don't ask me how any of this fucking works in regards to like possession, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. Did Dr. Temple potentially speed up the process? Yeah. 
So here we go. Additional new sequence. Taken from like old footage. That hasn't been fully restored. But this is how Blatty originally envisioned this character. And this was original footage that he shot with um, Brad Jurif. So we're going to get into it a little bit more. But. Yes, I just prefer this version, man, because you're going to need fucking Jason. It's not a criticism of Jason Miller, but the problem when you see immediately see Jason Miller, you're like, oh, Karis is back. And then you're like, you're completely confused. So is it Karis? Is it the Gemini killer? Who the fuck is it? You know? And that's the problem with the theatrical cut. You're constantly jumping back and forth between, like, well, it's kind of comical on the credits on IMDb. They've got Jason Miller down as Patient X. But you're like, is that fucking Karis? Because it's the same fucking guy. And then I see Juris referred to as the Gemini Killer. It's just like, just pick a fucking lane, guys, you know? I know the whole aspect of Legion many but two there's too many in the theatrical cut you know it's not it's not in the file fucking pop some fucking pills george c scott take a fucking chill pill mate yeah his anger just comes from nowhere man it has to be some like acting technique i i've seen a couple of george c scott movies i'm a big fan of his work but i need to check out a lot of his like other movies just to see if this shouting thing is something he he constantly uses as an actor because you certainly get it in this film a little bit too much and there are moments in the changeling where he has like random out outbursts But I gotta say, the random outbursts outbursts work a lot better in the Changeling, you know. Yeah, they don't work so well in the Legion cut of the Exorcist Three, man. Yeah, I saw it in the. Ah, uh, uh, not really a premonition and a dream, a shared dream sequence space so it's Brad Jurif <laughs> constantly referencing that line the movie and it's a shared thing between Dyer and Kinderman Obviously, they went to the cinema to see that specific movie. Yeah, so immediately you're like... Gemini killer, whoever the fuck you are. Guy sat in the fucking cell, how would you know? You know? So are they just checking to see if the body's still there? Assuming that... Oh, that's... 
Oh, what the fuck? Now I'm getting confused. <laughs> so, it's not... Oh, fuck me. Karras is not in the casket. He's not in the ground. Where is he too? Because this is Brad Jurif. Yeah, for we are many, Legion. So this... Oh, horsey, horsey, horsey. Um, so this is a classic William Blatty technique, uh, i.e. theatrical setting to a lot of these cell sequences. Um, yeah, we're really going to start to get into the theatrical side of this Legion cut. Um Sequences are going to play out. Spoken, not shown. It's Blatty style, and it? it's all in the performances and the dialogue. The spoken and written word. No, he lives on through this vessel. This guy. Ah, the station. So that's taken us back to the dream sequence that Kinderman had, I'm guessing. I don't know if I missed that. It's Brad Jurif in the... Um... Yeah, does he feature at all in that dream sequence? Yeah, I don't know if he's in the background, sat down, maybe. I don't know. Or there. Or somewhere else. He knows who he is. Question is, what else does he know? So, uh, clearly looks like it is the Gemini killer, the spirit. It's, I like it how it's based, and this is me trying to figure everything out here, guys. Do uh, bear with me as I attempt to uh, elaborate on what's essentially happening on screen, i.e. this character. Um, it's a deceased serial killer resurrected by some demonic presence in this Guy's body, I guess. You know? This was the vessel they chose, you know? Because I think the demon... Now, don't ask me... I could be getting this completely fucking wrong. I don't think the... I don't think the demon is Pazuzu. I'm... Don't shoot me down, I could be getting this completely wrong. I just think it's potentially a new demon that's um, 
locked onto the Gemini killer, i.e. your journey, your goal, your task is incomplete. I want you to continue. So, yeah, in some way, this demonic presence spirit has um, taken hold of the deceased serial killer and then filtered it through this new vessel, you know, to carry on with the killings. So this is fabulous, this performance by Brad Jurif. What were they fucking thinking, man? Just the annoying fucking studio getting involved and cutting all of this performance. It's fucking amazing, man. I know Brad Jurif does feature in the theatrical cut. He's unbelievable again in that version. I, you've got to beg the question. What was It's like you can see the performance here. Why wouldn't you want to use more? But their concern was, oh, it's not going to build. We need an exorcism sequence, and we're not just we're not going to get this off this one isolated performance. You know, it's just going to be two guys sat in a room, two shafts of light, until Kinderman figures out what's going on. You know, it's unfortunate because. If the studio is so, because you're still getting your, you're still getting your big set pieces and scares. The fact that this, um, clearly this Gemini killer is able to possess other individuals, so I.e. is able to leave the cell. So we're still going to get murders throughout. So uh, they just ended up fixating on that. We need an exorcism sequence. It needs to be like the original movie, you know? It's that their idea of fucking symmetry, you know? Coming full circle. It's like a shot of his mouth. Yeah. This is a wonderful... Yeah, tell tell him, Jura. Stop stop fucking shouting, George C. Scott. Rein it in. You need to be more like me. More precise in my uh, words. So he's dug up the grave and now he's suspecting Damien? Or is he too? Is he is he in there? Oh god man. So he's adamant he's the Gemini killer. So I think this must be a dubbed voice. That can't be Brad Jureff doing that girl, choir girl singing impression. Yeah, a lot of the cuts here are quite sharp with the sound. Dialogues coming in and out. 
I think this is all they had to go off those Shout Factory and Kermode in regards to assembling this version, you know. I think they're going off like the original negative. Oh, I don't know how it was preserved. This almost seems a little bit like video version of the original footage. Um, but I don't think there was any way for them to blow this up to like proper 35mm. So they've just sort of added it in this way. I kind of like it though. It, for me it works, you know. What I like about it as well you, is you can clearly tell what the, where the additional footage is playing out. So it's it's kind of helpful in that way. It's easily to uh, define. So this is a classic blatty written dialogue sequence and it it's all about there. I mean anybody who's read um I've never actually read Legion but just going back to the original book i.e. Uh, the Exorcist um so that's jumped up to thirty five mil. So that's cool. Don't half look different, don't it, in terms of like visual quality. Yeah, as I was just saying regarding the original Exorcist book, yeah, there are long, long, long sections of like spoken dialogue. So this don't feel out of place at all in Legion. So he's just smacked him. Fuck me. <laughs> I guess Kinderman's like. Stop fucking talking and just tell me what I need to know, you know? Classic fucking demon, innit? It's all about manipulation. So this master character you keep referring to. Again, this is the demonic element. It seems like a perfect vessel for a demon to lock onto some like deceased serial killer. Far easier, isn't it? So, like, because they're not a million miles away from each other. Their route number one, number one goal is evil, you know, destruction, despair, misery, suffering, all of those. So, that was a nice little section there of additional footage. Okay. Oh, god damn. So the fact that Kinderman fucking clocked him, uh, is me sort of having to reassess my assessment of George C. Scott's performance, i.e. those random, like, the anger outbursts, maybe it doesn't seem... Out of line with the character, you know. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I just feel like this is his version of Kinderman. He wants him to be a little bit more rough and ready, I guess, you know. More of a streetwise cop, I guess. So, these sleep cycles suggest is that where the spirit possession channels into a new host, i.e. leaves the cell and out and about, continue with the fucking murders. So be concerned when he goes silent, I guess, you know. Yeah, good detective for it from Kinderman. It's like, how would he know? Well, he clearly knows. Beautiful, iconic shot outside this building. Wonderful, man. Yeah, I kind of like Blatty's style in regards to how he shoots a lot of the exterior and interior. It's a naturalistic... Um, not to say and have it's not heavy on like cinematography with like light and shadow, but yeah, kind of a naturalism to a lot of the images. So for me, that's um, yeah, it kind of aligns itself a little bit with like Freakin's version of The Exorcist, you know, naturalistic staging and lighting, you know. It's all about light and shadow, man. If you're dealing with like demons and devils that's what you want that distinctive it's the distinctive battle between good and evil so it's got to be symbolized with like light and shadow isn't it you know seems like an obvious thing but man i've seen a lot of the like possession movies that just get a little bit too fucking colorful man you know So this is a additional sequence. So I think we got nurse station sequence incoming, man. I can't wait to uh, dissect that sequence, man. It's it's wonderful, man. Just the way it builds, it's like even when you watch it time and time again, to ascertain, oh, when's the jump? When's it going to occur? Yeah, it's almost impossible to telegraph, you know. So just give me a second, I'm seeing how long we got left here. It's about half an hour left. I think the Legion cut is a little bit shorter than the theatrical cut by a few minutes. So that's, um, I don't know if that's interesting, but just another additional thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I've referred to that earlier. Legion for We Are Many. Many. Many elements, many individuals doing the demons fucking dirty work, innit, you know? So is this his daughter sleepwalking? Kind of worrying if she's rummaging in the fucking fridge. Assuming... Oh, she half asleep. Fucking hell. Crazy. So can't let go of the case. Oh, here we go. Nurse station sequence, man. So what sells it immediately is the use of the security guards. Because you're like, well, nothing untoward can happen here. Oh, see, matey's just headed off. So she's technically by herself briefly, I guess. Oh, and it's already started. Random sounds. I love it how her red blazer sweater top um, just sort of jumps out within the frame because it's the only like element of colour. So it makes her immediately stand out. So immediately they're referencing the the door itself. Clever, man. Because Blackie's immediately setting up where it's going to come from. She's going to look in the wrong room here, I think. So she's going down the far end. It's not that... Is it that room or not? So I think we only get one cut here. Yeah, they're going to show... Yeah, so it's just cut there. But I think that's the only time it's going to cut. So she'll look in. Yeah, this isn't the fucking room, love. This is fine. The window's open a little bit. There's a slight breeze there on the curtains. It's coming from somewhere else. You can clearly tell. Or is it the ice? The ice melting. Ah, I don't know about that, love. That sound seemed a little bit too... Dist oh, my God, man. That got me. Shit, man. What are you fucking... What the fuck are you doing in this fucking room, mate? Fucking hiding? What? You do it on purpose to scare the fucking tits off me? So here we go back to this one singular static shot. That's another element that sells the scare for me, you know? Zero cuts. And all in the sound, you know? And the clever way Blatty starts to reintroduce the... Uh, so here's the security guard coming back into play. So that immediately creates this a false sense of ease, isn't it? Oh, so security guard sat down while well, nothing bad can happen, you know? Yeah, it's so effective, man. It's so well done. 
Oh, so a brief cut there. Okay, okay. Just in the 411, I mean, it's just so... Okay, okay. Guess you sort of need to emphasize the room where it's going to come from, the scare itself. So this is wonderful, the fact she's going to check the room. Security guards in the background. Technically two of them now. So she's going to look in. And they're just going to briefly head off. So she's looking in. She's clearly looking in. Lights on. She's completely checked the room. I know we can't see what she can see. But you've got to assume the room's completely empty. As the security guard's leaving. She's about to lock out. She's about... So she's so she's clearly closed the door. Fucking hell, man. Our severed fucking head. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, man. You just feel like she's completely safe and it just comes from nowhere, man. Yeah, it's a fabulous scare, man. Best thing Kinderman can do is... Um, start rocking out in this hospital wing because it's now all the crimes seem to be occurring here you know slit down the middle oh I don't know man searing hour severing hour So it's pretty thorough, this Gemini killer. Rosaries. No tenants. What else is it? Oh shit, so Dr. Temple. It's all gotten a little bit too much and he's committed suicide. Yeah, it's hard to... Truly, it's hard to tell regarding his character. There's an element of guilt there. You know, he's taking his own life. Does he feel responsible in some way, I guess? So this is additional sequences about to unfold. Yeah, this version just, fl it flows a lot better because this is like, not really like cat and mouse, but back and forth between George C. Scott and um, Brad Jurif, you know? Yeah, it works better because you've sort of got this singular performance as opposed to the theatrical, which is sort of jumping between Miller and Jurif. It's just complete. I don't know, it creates a lot of confusion, you know? Yeah, look at this from Brad. So, interesting. Is the demon looking in the moment that the Gemini killer was about to become, or was about to be executed, and he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to spare this soul, put him to use, you know? 
Ha <laughs> revenge for what? Okay, so coming back to the original case. The master. So this master character, I don't for a second think it's Pazuzu. I think it could potentially be somebody higher up. Not Satan himself, but another demonic element, you know? What I like about the performance here, it's sort of like, is, is this the Gemini killer or the demon itself? It's sort of a bit of a half and half thing happening here. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Can you believe they fucking cut this out? It's an unbelievable performance right now. It's fucking scene stealing. I think Brad Jurif, he's a scene stealer in this Legion cut, man. The master. <laughs> Slipping out, slipping in. Again, um, I know, uh, I do, sorry if I'm getting a bit, what we're getting here, I mean, it's on the IMDb credits. Yeah, this Brad Jurif is supposedly Father Karras. It is referenced early on in the photograph that he's a priest, but... Maybe this is an element where it's still... I can't... Uh, maybe I don't want to start aligning myself with the theatrical cut in regards to the reasons why they ended up using Jason Miller, just to make it a little bit more obvious that it is Karis. Because technically, yeah, Brad Dura is supposedly Karis. Oh, man. Yes, even now it's still a little bit confusing, isn't it? You know? See, I could have an element. I could have a whole element to this where, you, to be honest, you don't even need to use have the element of Father Karras, man. Just this, I don't know, Gemini killer, resurrected, new demon. Yeah, maybe they can mention the fact, oh, it's, it's a revenge thing on the incident that happened back in the day in, uh, in the house, the home, the girl, Karras, but...
Yeah, why did he commit suicide? Helps me. Okay. Yeah, what fucking way did he help you? So, fuck me. Did the... I don't know who I should be referring this character. I mean, who is it? Karis? Patient X, Gemini Killer, Demon, Father Morning. Who who's currently telling you the fella? Yeah, did um, yeah. Clearly, Temple was under the influence at some point. You know. Ah, uh, it's a ployer from Kinderman. Possession, mate. It's a Roman spirit. Old friends. Never referred to by name. Karis, Karis, not Karis. I don't know, man. Very fragment, uh, fragmented perspective, isn't it? It's a lot of. Um, it's all very loose. It's a lucid character, isn't it? And I really feel like Jurif sells it beautifully in this performance, you know. So that's just what he wants. It's a continuation, isn't it? It's not done. He's back. The killer. The killer's back. Kinderman ain't gonna play ball here. Realise it's too fucking dangerous, you know? Oh, where's this light coming from? Oh, what's happened? Okay, so we've transitioned back to 35mm. Oh, he's asleep. That's bad fucking news. So, he's probably possessing somebody else right now. (laughs) 
Is it Damien? I don't fucking know. Yeah, so the spirit is roaming now. Um, yeah, he's about to possess a couple of other characters here, if I recall. Because you get the old deer scaling up the fucking wall, don't you? Yeah, begs the question. Here she is. Yeah, red rose, so it's symbolism. Travelling man, I'm a travelling man. I get about. It's like from vessel to vessel, isn't it? You know? I kind of like it, man. It makes it a lot harder to, like, lock down this evil element if it can constantly roam around like this, you know? And they're all, like, easy test subjects as well, these inmates, you know? Vulnerable, weak open, you know? Yeah, he's been waged this old fucking deer, isn't it? He's got a very memorable face and they'll see you got the other yeah, woman. That's a cool shot. Holds up fairly well. That's a great shot. She's above him. Yeah, that's cool, man. Very sinister. So the other one's leaving. So it's like he's possessed too right now. Oh, she's heading off somewhere. Is she taking her fucking garden shears? Oh, blood. Somebody's dead. Some random nurse in it. Yeah. Yeah, this actress is wonderful, man. So Kinderman's not suspecting. He's probably having a look about right now. So we've got some boy. Oh shit, is this the woman? What the fuck? Gurgling sounds of some demon. Nah, it's somebody else, isn't it? I kind of feel like she's involved as well. It's a fucking red herring. Julie uh, Allerton to the dance. It's your dance. It's your home. Oh, no. It's getting personal now. Choppering in on Kinderman's family. So he can't get through. Somebody cut the line. Uh, oh, there's a nurse coming over with our fucking package. Severin hour package. Look at her, man. 
Yeah. Cool. Cool sequences. Dial 911 for if you're in an emergency. Dial 911. Oh, 1990s. Police law enforcement. Great use of sound. Pretty much this entire movie is bereft of an actual, like, I don't know, cinematic musical horror score. It's literally non-existent. It's quite refreshing, i got to say, man. It's all sold in, like, general sound, isn't it? I guess. I mean, getting a kind of, like, ominous uh, chiming male choir and then the gurgling sounds of some demon but yeah it's really like no music playing throughout any of these sequences yeah it's just an ominous kind of like ominous soundscape isn't it hard to say if that was george c scott in that uh car shot or not the wide shot then Oh, oh, so we're cutting back. So it's going to cut back to Brad Jureff. He's obviously out for the count. Uh, just monitoring his uh, brainwaves. It's like he's in two places at once, I guess, you know. This is the whole element of Legion, though. It's in the title, you know. Oh, is he too late? Oh, I've seen this film. He's just in time, baby. Still get a nice moment, though. Billy. Where's she to? Where's she hiding out to? This fucking random nurse. Needs to fucking arrest her fucking ass. There she is. Look. Julie, get away from her. Look, you bitch. Yeah, you got any garden shears, you old fucking crony? Oh, yeah. You right as rain, love? She can be trusted. Well, let us stay for dinner. Ain't okay. Oh, here we go. It's shearing now, baby. Yeah, catatonics. Anyone for a tonic? Oh, shit. Wow, she almost took her fucking head off. Wow, she's got demon fucking strength through the wall, son. Wow. I love the shot when you get her falling back here in a second. Oh no! Damien. Damien, are you in this film? I can't quite tell. Back we go. It's like one surreal event, then back to the cell for Q&A, isn't it? 
There she move it. So uh, this is cool. No fucking shooed in fucking exorcism sequence about to chop her into the movie and confuse us all, you know? Yeah, and the theatrical cut, it gets fucking ridiculous. you got fucking people coming out of the fucking ground. Christ on a crucifix, snakes slippering, sliding everywhere. People getting stuck to fucking walls. Father morning getting fucking splattered on a fucking wall. Fuck me, man. Think Kinder, pray for me, Damien. Yeah, he realizes who it is or what it is. Time to make a stand. Taking the shot and it's gonna kill him outright. And obviously take the heat as well. Yeah, he's wanting to take the heat, but if it's gonna resolve the situation. And he's going to make sure as well. So we cut to the sun. And ending on the choir. Choir boy. Yeah. So credits here. So Kinder, so Gemini Killer, Brad Juris, Jason Miller, Patient X. Uh, guys, you forgot to change the fucking credits, guy. They're giving us the credits from the theatrical cut. Jason Miller's not in the Legion cut, guy. They didn't bother changing the fucking credits. It's how fucking hardcore they are. Um, yeah, I do prefer this version. This is my favourite version. I still think there are moments of confusion, though. A little bit. Uh, is Brad Jury? I guess he is Father Karras, but it's a different actor playing Karras. I like Brad Jurif. I think he's the best element in this version, Legion version. Um, yeah, it's far from perfect, but just a fascinating, man, film to step into. And I do recommend checking out the theatrical cut as well, just to really see the differences tonally. Certainly when you get to the third act, you, you're perceiving two different movies, you know. One's way more understated and measured, and then in the theatrical cut's just completely fucking overblown, you know. Yeah, the exorcism sequence just comes from nowhere, man. The film was never building towards that, you know. Different take. Different take completely, this. Cool, guys. Enjoyed it. Glad I covered this. Um, regarding the commentary, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine. There's not a lot of people that have got hold of this version, unless you're a hardcore Exorcist Blatty fan. Yeah, if you do have a version of The Exorcist, probably you're going to have a copy of the theatrical, so fair enough. I'm not suspect uh, imagining this commentary is going to do very well, but after time, it's not about that. I just enjoy doing film commentary, so I'll, I'll sort of cover what I'm interested in, you know. 
I don't know, at some point maybe I'll do a... I'm sure this has probably been done to death already on YouTube, a side-by-side comparison between the theatrical and the Legion cut, just to see the variations. It's kind of interesting, i got to say. So maybe I'll check that out, but there's every chance that's already been done on YouTube. But I may still do it for myself, you know. Yeah, anybody interested, guys, by now, I'm not sure what date I'm going to release this video. I think it's towards the latter part of October. By now, I should have already released a Exorcist audio book. Uh, it's kind of uh, like an analysis, but it's more a showcasing memorable moments from the book, which I'm going to upload onto YouTube. So do check out that video. I'll try and maybe connect it to this video yeah do check out any like additional playlists that may pop up towards the end of this video because it should be on there so special thanks color by deluxe panavision i think what they just they just ended it using the original credits not really like we don't have time to be adjusting the fact that Jason Miller's not in the Legion cut, so they just left it as it is. Tubular Bells, Mike Oldfield, very nice. Copyright 1990, cool. Great, guys, so this is me, John Doe, signing off. Today I've been covering Exorcist 3 Legion cuts. Interesting, thought-provoking. Still leaves a few questions, but very enjoyable. So signing off, guys. Bye now.